Crash Course Live is presented by Smash It Demolition Derby, who host Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, and Capital City Carnage. Online at smashitderby.com. And Stirring Dirt Racing, host of May Mania's team show at the Golden Spike Arena in Ogden, Utah. Online at stirringdirtracing.com. Reckless Abandoned Derby Apparel and Derby Inc. Magazine. This is the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast, recorded live at the FigureLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. And now your host, Chris Marquardt. Good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to this edition of the Crash Course, episode number 326 on deck for us this evening. Excited to have you along for the ride here tonight. We have a fairly stacked show on deck tonight. It's going to be a fun one. Got to make a quick adjustment here. This camera has a mind of its own. Keeps wanting to turn, shifting around on me here a little bit back and forth. and say, issue, I think the cable is actually too tight. I had it set twice now, and it seems like it wants to move. So, anyway, uh, flying solo tonight. Brian is uh, he has been forced to work this evening, so we're not going to be seeing him. Nonetheless, we, we, we persevere. We're going to be talking with Guy Raymond a little bit about uh, a busy 7- to 14-day stretch that he's had here through Pennsylvania. Picked up a couple wins down there. We're also going to be catching up with Brendan uh, Wisman, who had some success at Courthouse Crash in Ohio with the Unified Point Series. So we've got that on deck. Dana Brellinger, excuse me, Dana Brellinger, coming away with the win over the weekend. Sam Williams, we got some news on Jacob Prusman, got some news on Domination Motorsports to get to. Um, going back in time a little ways, uh, Parker Lazenby came away with a big $5,000 victory in his home area. So congratulations out to him on that win. Uh, birthday wishes out to uh, Patrick Osmond. Pat had a birthday uh since the last time we were together, also had some family challenges. So our thoughts going out to him. The fight continues for um, James Brown's brothers, Jerry. Uh, they were halfway to their goal last time I checked in with them, and I saw a post today from Ed Brewster, a good friend down there in Midlothian, Virginia. He is halfway through his uh, his radiation treatments. So uh, five down, five to go for him. Hopefully um, they hit on something special and uh, bought our buddy at a little bit more time. It would be nice to see. Uh, Seeking people that are that, that, that bought more time. Uh, Tom Bell, uh, out there, I saw him in, in face paint on his uh, on one of his Facebook stories. He, uh, of course, doing well in his recovery from uh, beating cancer again, and, and out there enjoying the the fall season, as it were, um, hunting and everything beginning to pick up around here. Guy Raymond is waiting in the wings. We appreciate uh, Guy coming and hanging out with us. Uh, if you have any questions or thoughts that you want to share with us, by all means, feel free to drop those into the uh, live chat. We've got that being monitored here as well, kind of kind of trying to keep all of the plates on the sticks here, guys, on the line. Guy, man, uh, out in the shop trying to clean everything up. Usually that shop's pretty clean, but when you got a busy couple weeks like you've had, it's um, it can get away from you, I guess. Yes, sir. So tell me a little bit about what this stretch has been. Um, picking up a win at uh, Big Diamond and then turning around and picking up a win at Penn Can before running second place in the in the same night. It's a, it's a pretty nice pretty nice stretch of time there for uh, a derbyer who doesn't have a hometown to run at right now. Yep, that was the craziest thing was finding places to run this year. Um, we plan on running quite a few shows this summer that were all postponed or canceled. And the switch the cars up three or four times between shows was a little bit difficult. <laughs> sure. Trying, especially with all the different rules of each show, you know, every show is a little bit different. 
and uh, this this car I took the big diamond. I changed it three times, three different shows, three different styles of bumpers that were mounted, and I was surprised with how well it did. Well, now why do you say that? Is it because you had so much time putting stuff on, taking stuff off, and and Frankensteining the thing together? Um, it was pretty easy. The rules themselves, like I said, I started out. I wanted to run RRE this year. Sure. Up at Road Rage Entertainment with mm-hmm. Jason Sherman, and uh, it was a bolt-on bumper rule. So okay, we can shorten the cars, but we can only bolt them on. So I went with my normal pick bolt-on bumper, just a regular box Ford bumper, and that was pretty easy to convert from that show to another show that allowed plates. Well, halfway through putting the plates on there, I'm like, okay, well, there's a new show that popped up like within a few weeks of it down at Big Diamond. And I'm like, man, I've already started mounting this on there, and their rules say you're allowed 4 by 12s two per rail. And I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, really? <laughs> I just started adding the, the, the 8 by 6 bracket for the show I was going to take it to, and then... To convert all that over to a 4x12, I just like, you know what, I left it and added one more plate. Sure. <laughs> and so it, it was just the conversion, like I said, it was about three or four days conversion between the three of them, but between driving a box truck and doing my own thing on my off hours, it was not too bad. Right. It, it didn't sound like it was too bad coming over with the wind down there. What was the big diamond rule set like, um, and what was the what was the event like? The event itself, for the first time, I think it's the first time they've ever had a derby down there at that racetrack, and it was my first trip down there. And uh, I'd say I was way underbuilt. I yeah. mean, compared to the cars I was running against, I was running against cars that, you know, they, they the rules fixedly said 4 by 12 Well, I didn't know when I got there that 4 by 12 means you could put one in front of the other. Some of those cars were played at 20, 24 by 4 Right. And I, and I just showed up with a little seven by eight plate and a little three by three on the top and a basic cage and i do what i normally do like i said i I, i'm a social butterfly at derbies i talk to people all the time some people say i talk too much but (laughs) i went around met people i never knew before ran into some people i didn't know before and it was a pretty decent show like i said you know i was surprised it did as well as it did i met some new buddies that i've never knew in my life i finally met some people that were out of the area and seem pretty cool and have a lot of the same interests and build styles as myself. Mm-hmm. You took a Toyota down there? Yes, I took a 01 Solara I picked up in Scranton, PA for 100 bucks, <laughs> And uh, it was sketchy on how we picked it up and brought it home, but we got her home and she seemed to be pretty solid, run good. I knew nothing about it. We built it, like I said, three different times and it's the basic build for all cars and I just, I'm, I'm surprised they came away with that because there were some cars down there that were way better than mine, and uh, everybody says it all the time. It's driver, not car. How did the feature play out then? Uh, feature, I qual- what they did is they had, I think it was 52 or 54 cars. Wow. They divided them up into two heats, mm-hmm. and the craziest thing is, is they only took three from each heat. So to get the three in a heat of like 25 to 27 cars, with the car, the car I had, I knew it was a good car, but it was just not the par of the cars it was running against. So to get to that point, there was a little uh, making friends and working together. And like I said, it must be that not too many people knew me or know of me, and that's the best part about it. Like I said, I wasn't right. trying to play that game. 
but it was the only game I had down there. Sure. You know, and to go out, I knew my car was, could compete. It just, to win, it was a whole different thing. I never even imagined I would. <laughs> well, you, you put that one under wraps down there, um, taking a, an underbuilt car to Big Diamond. Big Diamond, I, I want to say they've had derbies down there before. I seem to remember Big Diamond and Grandview being on the Smashmaster schedule back in, I'd say, 2012, 2013, somewhere in that time frame, I think. But I could be wrong on that, uh, at least in terms of uh, in terms of Big Diamond. Um, so you got that one under wraps and came back home. And 14 days later, you head down to Pencan and almost win a pair of them. How'd Pencan go? Well, Pen Can for me was like one of those shows where I didn't even know about it until <laughs> like maybe a, a week and a half before I went to Big Diamond. And I go, you know what? That was another thing is that so far I took the Big Diamond. I up and down about taking it to Pen Can. But then the car I was going to take to Diamond, I felt, was too built because I do have a limited weld car sitting in the garage. Sure. It's, I don't want to tow a car that I know blatantly is overbuilt three hours from home to have it get cut apart. Right. You know, so I'm like, you know, we'll just take the Solara. Did well with that. Brought the Solara back from Big Diamond. Surprisingly, after the feature, it was still a straight car. So I basically just fixed uh, the back two tires, made some clearance, um, changed the plugs in the car because loading it on at Big Diamond, it made a pop noise and started running really, really bad. So I figured maybe it was plugs or something. So I stuck plugs in it, ran perfect. So I said, this one's going to go to Pen Can because that's where it was going to go in originally. Right. And then four days before the show, I had a Avalon sitting here, 9899 Avalon. It's a pretty rusty car. I wasn't going to lie to anybody. It's bad. <laughs> and uh, I said, if I'm going to go that close to home because Pen Can from my house is only probably about 40 minutes, I'm going to take two cars just because the pre-ran doesn't seem good enough. And for 1500 bucks, why not take two, have double the chance? And that's what I did. I took two down there, and the first heat, when I ran the rusty car, I got tracked pretty much in the driver's door from the word go. And uh, most people would fluster them, get them angry. I just said, you know what, I'm going to slow it down. So the guy that hit me, I sat on him until I had a buddy come through and clear the wheel. After that, the rest of it was back to the patient game. That first heat was probably one of the hardest hitting demos that I've been in in probably 10 years. That's I mean, saying something. Was, I mean, that's, that's, that's saying a lot when you think about some of the places that you've, that you've been over the last 10 years, you know, with, with uh, some of the events that we've seen at Broome County and some of the trips that you've made to uh, Morris for various events. Uh, that's saying something. Yeah, and I, I honestly, this is my opinion too, is I think it's not exactly the demo itself that was the hardest. It might have been the builds because I'm telling you, in the last five years, the few shows that I have tripped to and, and seeing the cars, that, they're getting crazy. These compact cars are starting to become little cinder blocks. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that's probably part of what laid into being the heaviest hitting show in the last 10 years. Um, but somehow, at the end of that demo, me and a car named Junkie, I think the guy's first name is Adam we had a pretty good 22-minute chess match at the end. So that, wow. that first heat on Saturday had a little bit of everything. It was heavy hitting, then it slowed down, and it was paceful. And then it also had the chess match at the end. And somehow I came along with it. He was running a newer Honda, and about 10, 12 shots to the trunk, I finally started getting at the belly a little bit, and it slowed him down enough to where I can get to the wheels. 
Was this the car that had that crazy um, gas tank protecting, protecting, protecting protection system in the back built through no. the windows? Nope, this was no. just the car I threw together. The crazy car was the limited well that I was going to take to Big Diamond, but gotcha. their rules with Ryan Fisher and those guys, they do a great job down there, but mm-hmm. I just didn't want to cut that car apart. Sure. Yeah, that's uh, the tank protector in that one. That's a work of art. You don't want to cut that up. <laughs> yeah, this this whole car is a work of art. It's got a lot done to it, and if we have enough time, I could probably go through a lot of things I've done to it because it's crazy. Well, we're going to dive into that. I mean, we've we've learned a lot. You've been on the show a couple different times, and we've 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 got a pretty good familiarity with familiarity with your build theory and stuff like that. And we'll we'll get to the mechanics of that stuff here in just a second. But just take me quickly through that second round at Penn Can. Um, you, you picked up the win, and then it was the same car or a different car that you brought out for the second round where you took second. The second round, I ran the car for Big Diamond. Okay. It was the Solara. It was still pretty nice. The back end rolled nice. The front end was still straight. That car, I chose to run the pre-ran second heat only because there was I knew a few more people out there, and I knew I wouldn't have to drive as hard as the first heat. That's mm-hmm. why the rustier, fresh one was in the first heat. You know, it's kind of you do your studies of who shows up and who's in what heat, and then you decide which cars are going to be run first there. You know, it, it, right. you're you're playing, like, I, I know people tell me all the time I talk too much, and I do, but I also think a lot when I pull in the pits and I see cars lying around, and I just see, I, I go with my best chess match. Mm-hmm. So, so. The, uh, you ever had a stretch like this before? Um, a few times. Locally, yes. Um, travel like I have, no. But I think also being the fact that uh, the coronavirus has shut down a lot of things, there are some people that are afraid to go out. Um, some people are stuck choosing which shows they're going to run. You know, I'm not saying it's. I'm a. I'm not saying I'm. Uh, how do I say? It? I'm not saying I'm the best around or whatever because some people seem to think I am. But I just think <laughs> that I'm very good at choosing. Which shows I want to run with which right. which cars I have, you know it's you always put yourself in that best position to where you have a chance. Sure, you know measuring build rules and what you've got, knowing your driving style, knowing what your comfort level is, it certainly does help. Yep. Um, we've we've talked about how your your times uh, an army of one uh, don't often have a lot of a lot of help in the pits, which leads you a lot of times to build under what the maximum of the rule would be because you don't have necessarily all hands on deck to do a bunch of extra cutting. Um, you don't necessarily have all of the high tech stuff in the shop to do all the extreme things, uh, either. So, uh, tell me a little bit more about that and, and how we've gotten to the spot that we are in right now with you picking up a couple wins and being a little successful, people picking on you a little bit and saying, Hey, you know, you, you, you've got an inflated sense of self versus just being somebody who, look, I know what I got. I know what I can do. I know what my wheelhouse is. And I just stay in that lane. And that's the thing is, you know, a lot of it is involved in nation with things, you know, about 15 years ago, we'll say I started Derby in 22 years ago and the first four years was big cars. Well, mm-hmm. that's right when big cars first started taking off with these race motors and the cradles. And sure. and I remember a huge thing, talk about sliders and now sliders are like everyday chat. Right. <laughs> so to me back then I was way outclassed. So mm-hmm. I was like, all right, well, I need to find a place to where I fit home. And what I like to do, you know, I like to smash cars like everyone else, but 
I can't afford those parts. So I hopped into a compact car. Right. And I, I said this to a few people at the tracks, and if we talk to them personally, they'd probably say the same thing. The sport has evolved so quick that it used to be smash the windows and driver. Driver would win the show. Right. Well, within the last 10 years, it went to the guy that has the parts, the guy that's willing to put the money in the cage and tires and bumpers and stuff. And now it's been 22 years for me, and I've saved up a lot of that stuff. I have the bumpers, I have the tires, and I have the cages. And it's evolved to you got to have a friend that has all that stuff. <laughs> so the, the sport itself has changed so quick. It's just trying to evolve with it is the hardest part. And I just stay consistent. That's all I ask is I want to go to a derby, and I want to be competitive. At 90% of the shows I go to, and this is the truth, I go to want to win, but if I don't win, it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. I'll go to the next one. Sure. I remember you had a you had a bit of a hot streak after Broome County. We had an in-car camera. You went second place with uh, Richie Predmore and turned around and, and picked up a couple wins. In the weeks following that, uh, running around back in the days with Eddie Bello as regular, I think that same weekend you got a win in Vans. This is going back probably 2011, 2012, something like that. And then – had a little bit of a rebuilding period and got back into a, a swing where you picked up a couple more wins back in 2015, 2016. And it culminated really a couple years after that when you had that big run. I think it was 2015, 2016. And it culminated with that big run that you had at, um, I think it was Wheel Days. Had a strong yeah, showing there. Days, I think that year. Yeah. Um, it, it's a little bit cyclical. Is it a, is it a product of using all of the stuff up and then having to rebuild so that you've got everything in terms of spares and the parts, or, or is it just, just, just luck? I think a lot of people would say luck. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people would tell me that I know more than what I know, but I think it's a combination of everything. Like I said mm-hmm. before, I think it's the evolution. You have to build and adapt. Mm-hmm. And with the times we're having now, I know everyone's got an opinion, but I think the times with now is a lot of people are overlooking the little things. They're more worried about building these monster cars in our area, I say. I'm not going to say other places, but around here, people are too busy with having these cars that look nasty with a bumper and a tire and, and stuff like that. And they're too busy focusing on the bumper and the tires and the cages, and they're not looking at the littles. Right. You know, sure. between the suspension and the CV shafts and the tie rods and all that stuff, people are. Yes, they're trying to build a progress to compete, but I think they're progressing too far. Yeah. And I'm still keeping basics. My cars still are just a car with a bumper, cage, and tires, and a lot of littles. So, like you said, you know, I've had a few runs here and there, and I think the runs consist with uh, being consistent, you know, and not giving up. There's a lot of times that, between the years from, we'll say, my, my runs have started since '09 when I won my very first feature. <laughs> and we're back here in 2020 now, 11 years later. It took me 10 years to win my first feature. <laughs> and 11 years later, I'm still doing the same thing I've been doing, just picking up more wins. Sure. And may, maybe a lot of it is luck, but also I've been running enough of the same cars over and over. I know exactly what's going to break and how's it gonna, what's it going to do. Right, mitigating your your risk factor in the long term. There, I get that. Now, in in my time around the state, going to some different events, different places, 
within the state, uh, some of the con- in Northeast for that matter. A lot of the conversations that I'm running into are they're, they're bo- the drivers are bored of building that. They still want to be able to use their lower cradles. They still want to be able to use their sliders. They want to be able to use their rear ends because theoretically those are those are just about lifetime buys. By the same token, they're tired of having to put all the extra time into the builds and things like that. So I, I can see a little bit of a different side of it. But at the same time, in, in the different conversations that you know I've had, and there's been a number of them in the last 10 years, you're a derby purist. You're a guy who worries about his hometown fair first, worries about making sure that the bills are paid before, they, before you get involved in a demolition derby. You like the idea of the knock the glass out and go derbies versus the stuff that's a little bit more built. And you gravitated home first. How is it that we got to a point where you're going to Pennsylvania and winning, winning derbies this year? Well, the, the reason I'm headed to Pennsylvania is there's two reasons. One, Pennsylvania is the only place having derbies this year. Fair. Two, two I actually am a Pennsylvanian. I came from Pennsylvania. I, I was born in Pennsylvania. I lived there till I was about 12 years old, and we moved to New York. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So to me, it's kind of like a homecoming. Get me able to go down there, meet guys I've seen. There's a show down in Pennsylvania I, I've been going to for the last 10 years. Every time I go, I meet somebody new in my family. <laughs> so it's kind of weird because, like I said, i not saying turn my back on that show, but I'm almost to the point where I'm not running that show anymore. But right. I still, the only reason I go is to meet my family. Because sure. as a kid, I was pulled away from that side. So, like I said, for me, Pennsylvania is a homecoming slash it's the only place to run right now. And I'm right on the border living in Apple Lake, and I can go to New York, Pennsylvania within four miles. Right. The uh, uh, the town that you're in, Appalachian, now that we all know how to appropriately say it, and I've been coached on this a long time and still don't do a great job of remembering it. Where you're at there, um, you're close to the border. You can get down into Pennsylvania relatively easily. Still, there was a lot of, a lot of almost uh, – uh, I don't know if resistance is the right word, but I'll go with resistance to to traveling a little bit um, and, and focusing so much at home. You didn't have the resources to go do it. You didn't have the time necessarily to go do it. You, you had some family with some health challenges that you didn't want to put them at risk of. But now that you've been able to branch out and do that, is it is it likely now that we will see you try and branch out a little bit further, maybe catch a show at the Keystone Nationals, maybe go down and run with Hardcore, maybe make the way into Ohio and, and try a little bit of that traveling stuff? Because I, I really believe, and I've said this to you before, that if you could find the way to get to some of these shows, I think you've got the opportunity to be successful. And I, I have no doubt I can be successful anywhere I run. Mm-hmm. I went to Bash for Cash and... 2017 out there right and i think that might have swayed my thinking on the heavier built cars too right because i had a lot of money and time into that car and i like i said every derby i thought i had a chance well i went out there and i didn't have a chance (laughs) i ended up finishing eighth out of 23 in the heat and i thought i did pretty good for my first time out there but to see what they build out there that is a whole different game ohio is absolutely so that jump, we didn't have Keystone Nationals then. We didn't have what they call Florida Nationals or Chaos in Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, we, to speak about traveling, we did have plans in the schedule this year to go to Chaos. Nice. That's what my limited wild car was built for, the one with that cage. Sure. But the reason why we didn't go was this coronavirus. My wife, she's a teacher's assistant, mm-hmm. and um, the schools were just getting fired back up. Right. And Virginia was on the list. So we just, like, you know, two months ago, we decided that as much as we wanted to, 
it was easier just to stay home because she'd be getting back in the swing of things. I don't I don't think that derby ever happened, did it? Um, I don't know. I think it's still October seventeenth and eighteenth oh, okay. coming month next right. week. Honestly, that's what I lost. wanted to go to was the fall show and and I uh, just for her health reasons too, we didn't want to subject her to people out of state just in case that is something that happens. Right. And uh, also with school, like I said, we uh, working right now for me, I'm a driver. I haven't really driven anything. I'm doing what they call idle. Mm. That's why I've been having a lot of time and focused on my cars. Sure. Is because <laughs> I haven't been driving. And then my wife, she's just getting back in the swing and we don't want to risk the chance of her having to quarantine. Right. You know, and she has health issues anyways. That's a whole different story, but we fight that every day also. Right. So it's, everybody is subjected to their own hurdles and this whole army of one thing, like I said, is at the end of the day, you only got yourself. Sure. You know, you can have closest friends and family, but the Derby, and like I said, in my blood, has been running deep for over 25 years. <laughs> How'd you end up getting into it anyway? Um... Honestly, you go back to Pennsylvania thing. When I was, I don't remember how old I was. I first thing I remember, honestly, I think we've talked about this on the show before, is Troy, Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. sitting at the top of the grandstand, seeing a white <laughs> clamshell wagon get pushed over the logs. Was the first time I remember. And I, I had to have been when I was like six or eight. Right. And I've been hooked ever since. The noise, the cars, the you know what I mean. Like I've always believed. I didn't think it was for everybody. I mean, I thought it was uh, almost like your stunt show you have at your fairs or your horse poles, or I thought it was something that the people came in and, and did. But to be able to learn what I have, to come from where I have in the sport, uh, building chain and bang cars to building almost limited wild cars now, it's it's crazy because the biggest thing in the sport is evolution. If you, you stick at one spot too long, you get comfortable, and then you start to fail, and then I have to go rebuild myself again. Sure. And I've done that numerous times over the years. Well, it's uh, every couple of years it works out well, though. Yeah, you go back to drawing board and you have to reinvent the wheel, they say, and figure out, like, what is everybody doing? Take a look what they're doing and involve. And I think a lot of it is, is you know, you take two or three years and try to play catch up and then you fall behind 10 years. And this sport, like I said, has changed so fast. It just, it's so hard to stay up there. And, and the only thing I can say in my career is it's more of an up and down valley and hill thing that I just try to stay consistent mm-hmm. you know there's way more derbies that i've lost than i've won and i've won quite a few of them sure i think i think <laughs> there's a lot of people that can have have the same record too you know if, if uh, you're going out and you're winning every one of them like john shipley is this year it certainly took a lot of losses to get that good yeah and that's the thing is i i taken my fair share of bumps bruises um headaches nights before out here till four in the morning building cars <laughs> and it just you know you learn from those mistakes and and that's a lot of where I don't overlook the little things. I try to make sure I go over my car the night before, and then I also go over it the morning before I load it. And then right before the track, pull on the track, I'm looking at it again. Right. So, and that, that's just something that's ingrained. You can't. You can tell people what to do and tell them how to do it, but until they actually start doing it, they'll never understand. Right. You know, we've had that conversation with the big car guys too. Is those big cars can, um, you can buy any part possible, uh, any part that you need. You can go to any of these big shows. Uh, Bash for Cash is a great example. Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, Capital City Carnage. 
any of those events. Winter Slam. Winter Slam's not exempt from this either. You can find everything you need to build a car in the pits that day. You bring a you bring a tall enough stack of cash, and even if the ink's still wet on those hundreds with all of them having the same serial numbers, you can buy anything you need in the pits that day. And tax is starting to get that way too. I, absolutely. I, I, I'm not saying that they're exempt in, in any means. But the problem is, is you can buy everything that you want. You can buy everything that you see on TV. You can buy everything that you see on Facebook. But if you don't know how to put it together the right way, all you're doing is wasting money. And there's no replacement for seat time. We, we, we talked about this uh, just a couple of days ago when, when you and I were talking. Is There's no replacement for preparation, no replacement for experience, no replacement for seat time. Those, those factors can trump any amount of money that you invest in your car, regardless of the level, whether it's a, a, a Lumina or a Toyota, a clamshell wagon, or a, a 75 two-door GM. It's just that there's no replacement for those three things, and those are intangibles. You can't buy them. To, to put them in your car to begin with. You have to either you have them or don't. Yep, and that's the thing. Is it's know-how. A lot of it is know-how, know your car. You know, and, 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 and you can't overdrive your car, too, because I've seen it too many times before. A lot of young kids get all the best equipment, and, I mean, their cars are awesome, mm-hmm. and they go out and overdrive it. Right. It's, you know, and, that's the thing, too. Christy Germain's in the in the live chat. Uh, Camarino box by Jeff Hughes Fab Farm. Not wrong. <laughs> you can buy everything you need from. You're a you're a uh, run it as it comes guy, right? You don't do a lot of motor swaps, do you? No, just in the last two years, I've started changing a few of the bad six cylinders I get, but most yeah. of the time I run whatever comes in it. And then, gotcha. like I said, the six cylinders from the four cylinders. The only difference between a six and a four cylinder Toyota. Is the six cylinders have a little more power and the wiring is a lot more difficult than a four cylinder. But the reason why people, I think, are gravitating to Camrys is because of all the little full on parts they have. They make it simple to build one. Sure. You know, yeah. if you got a six cylinder out there, I think a six cylinder would outrun a four cylinder all day. Yes, the heat's a factor, but that's where experience comes in. That's where at uh, Pen, Pen Can Saturday, it come down to me and a little four cylinder Honda. I had a six cylinder Avalon. And he just overheated his car. And that guy was a good, smart driver. We ran for 22 minutes. And I had a 22-minute heat feature at the end of that 20 minutes. It was the first 16 minutes, and then it went for another 22 with no water in my six-cylinder. Wow. <laughs> so that was just, that was all foot play, you know, trying to figure out how hard to push. And then if he was pushing hitter neutral and weight, and when the radiator hose blew early, I just sat back and waited and let the thing clear out. And, it's just no cow your cars you got to know what you're running you can't just show up and drive it through the wood that's that that is a fact you've uh you said it all right there um we we got uh Brendan Wisman waiting here and we're going to be getting with him is there anybody that you want to make mention of or uh recognize here before we let you go um everybody who's stuck around over the years you know I've I appreciate helping everybody who needs a hand um you know between my buddy Tyler my other buddy Brent, um, there's guys I met at the track that I don't even really know their first name, but if I see them, I can tell you who they are. And it's just my wife, thank her, she lets me out here every single day that I'm not working. And when she's at work, I'm turning wrenches. <laughs> sure. Well, I mean, that's, uh, you got to make, make time to make money, right? Yes, and to me, this has kind of become a job this year because there was nothing else going on. So I've spent so many man hours in the shop this year and these two wins that some people can call them luck some of my friends call it overdue because i i've been out here every day sun up sundown as much as i can you know and 
and the fine shows to run, like we said earlier, the fine shows to run are few, far, and in between. And when you're a diehard derby guy, you're going to find some place to go. Right on. You know. Well, guy, you have uh, we've said it all. Uh, I always enjoy it when you come on the show. We could have we could have soaked up the whole the whole hour bouncing back and forth the ideas and some of the theories and some of the thoughts um, and, and recapping, doing some bench racing and going back over some of the wins and successes and stuff that you've had. I look forward to doing it again. Uh, and congratulations for sure on the win at Big Diamond down in Penn Can. Yes, it was a it was a fun time, <laughs> to say the least. I'm sure. Yes, sir. Now on to the next one. <laughs> Very well, man. Well, good luck. Stay in touch, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon, I hope. Yes, sir. Thank you, Chris. You bet, man. We'll talk soon. Bye. Thanks a lot. There goes Guy Raymond. Appreciate Guy making some time to come on the show and hang out with us here for a little while. It's uh, always got a unique perspective. I enjoy having conversations with, with Guy about Demolition Derby and where things are at and how things have evolved. And I don't think anybody's going to argue that the sport has definitely evolved quickly and evolved in a, in a way that probably none of us saw coming uh, at different intervals. Well, we got uh, a quick moment getting Brendan on the line to tell you a little bit about Smith Metalworks. Smith Metalworks online, smithmetalworks.info, experience and passion second to none. Smith Metalworks is an all-purpose fabrication shot that is taken. Brendan? You there? Uh-oh. Hello? All-purpose fabrication shop that is taken in the Northeast by Storm Smith Metalworks features more than 40 years of combined metalworking experience. The hallmark of the product line is the pointed and flat front bumpers. You also don't want to overlook that super stock front bumper either. It is a premier bumper. Flat bumpers have been going on the backs of most of these machines. They can be stuffed or in hollow. There's also a compact version of the pointed bumper. Other items include the Crown Victor skins, battery boxes, engine mounting systems, and pedal combos and shifters. The shop offers all the odds and ends such as distributor clamps and welded sensors. Be sure to ask about their GM floor liners as well. In-person locations in Mercer, Uniontown, and Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, or they can ship it to you. Jump online at Smith Metalworks, smithmetalworks.info. Jeffy's Fab Farm, we made a reference to them here just a moment ago. Jeffy's Fab Farm is where you can buy a Camry in a box. They've also got all sorts of uh, engine components, which is really where they made their, their mark in Demolition Derby with the LS conversion components. And all sorts of derby credentials also came on the heels of the various header offerings, which originally started just as a, hey, might be fun to make some headers for my buddies. Had a great conversation with uh, Jeff Schumann here a couple of days ago. It was awesome. We talked for probably 45 minutes or an hour. It was it was awesome. I really, really enjoyed the the company. And he was running uh, running quarterback for Jeff Hughes Fab Farm throughout the whole thing, directing traffic and telling people, telling folks what to weld together and what to cut up next. Jeff Hughes Fab Farm just released the solid four-cylinder Camry engine mount and also released new header options for the Hyundai Elantra. Uh, the Elantra both has 1.8 and 2.0 liter displacements, and the headers fit those. Store offers uh, bumper-to-bumper selection, including fuel and air parts, suspension and transmission items, steering components, pedals, shifters, switches, and gauges if you need it. It's on the farm at jeffysfabfarm.com. Unified Point Series. We're going to be diving into this here in just a minute with uh, Brendan Wisman. Uh, Brendan had a, a a heck of a run um, over the weekend at Courthouse Crash. What's left on this series now is the NDDA Top Dog Bluegrass Bash in Louisville, Kentucky. Rouse Promotion Spring Show. That's in Connorsville, Indiana. Both of those are on the 10th of October. October 23rd and 24th is Wicked's Team Derby. That's in Evansville. 
Hey, this is this is Chris. Hang on one second. Uh, Coke Promotions Turkey Derby rounds out the season November 28th and 29th. That's in Portland, Indiana. We've got Brendan on the line now as well. Points at this point. John Shipley, he's got 96 points. And Don Santel, he's got 90. Notice both of those went up by 10 each. So that's a good sign that both of those picked up wins. We'll get into that. Jeremy Riley, 62 points. Matt Wingrove with 50. Travis Pennick in fifth with 40. Then Jesse Bates. Um, hang on one second. We'll get you all squared away in just a moment. Uh, Jesse Bates, Nick King, and William Close tied for seventh. Rick Furster, Jack Drenovich, and Richard Davis in a tie for ninth right now. Smash it, Demolition Derbies. They've got one event left on their schedule. That's the fall cleanup event. Pro Stocks, Modified, trucks, Street Stock, Full Size, Street Stock Compacts. Stock minivan, truck, and SUV also out there, along with the Smash It Compacts and the Power Wheels. That is the last event on their schedule. Online for additional details, Smash It Derby. Dot com. So we've got Brendan Wisman on the line, we think. Is everything all right, Brandon? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, excellent. Brandon, man, congratulations on the win this weekend. Talk us through it, coming up with a win in the rear-wheel drive street stocks at Courthouse Crash. I was just, you know, another derby with some of my best friends. It was a real good time. You know, I ended up getting pretty lucky and threw a surfing team belt pretty early but you know fought through it and drove my way down to the bottom <laughs> and asked for a better outcome i i guess not um other winners on the weekend tony penwell picked up a win in the pro stock side of things brian cassidy and caleb Borgid second and third two-man team was ricky duggins and dan uh Rees winning there matt DeGroat and kelly taylor teaming up for second Corey foster and mike owens in third uh, Brendan had to beat Braden Cole and Logan Harsh through the top three in the rear-wheel drive street stocks. Full-side modifieds, Josh Reynolds winning there. Adam Wilson, Taylor Mazdeni taking third. Front-wheel drive street stocks was John Shipley over Robbie Karen and Colin Webb. And then in the minivans, it was Donovan Howard winning over Kevin Evans and Ryan uh, Teichner. So good win for them there. Um, uh, tell me about this this weekend. I know it's it's just another derby and stuff like that, but uh, I guess maybe maybe I'm the one that's behind. Uh, have you spent a lot of time in the full size cars? I remember it seems to remember in the back of my mind that you guys were focused on street stocks last time I talked to you, or excuse me, on uh, compacts last time we spoke. Yeah, uh, me and Dad kind of jumped into it at first with the compacts and the youth class at Bass. Mm-hmm. Had a lot of luck and. I got older and kind of gr- outgrew that class, so we figured jump into something something different. We started around these, and Dad had a lot of early luck, and he couldn't have asked for a better comeback after 12 years. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's uh, – you guys got two wins, right, in the youth class at, at Bash for Cash? You won back-to-back? Uh, second the first year we ran and then we came back and won the next year gotcha and in one of those years you guys were in danger of of not making it or you had to pull out of the rc feature ended up winning the rc feature and went out there and and picked up the win in the compact uh youth class correct yeah it actually the compact feature ended and we had mark elliott which i'm sure all you guys know with the unified point series mm-hmm. great stuff he's doing we had him pull my car through inspection, and we dropped the RC stuff and hopped on the golf cart. And by the time we got to the track, everybody else was pulling on, threw our helmets on, and went out and did our thing. It was a close one. 
And your dad, uh, your dad had a comeback, and now you get to share in some of that success too with the the full size stuff. Can you can you walk me through some of the finer details of of the feature at Courthouse Crash? I mean, is, was there ever there a point where you looked around and said, "This thing's this thing's mine to lose"? Uh, you know, I'm, I try to stay pretty confident when I'm out there, no matter what situation I'm in. Mm-hmm. But when I knew it, you know, it was down to five and. Everybody else was getting hot, and I ha- I wasn't steaming or nothing yet, and I kind of figured if I kept doing what I was doing, I would probably be okay. Did you have any uh, like like an aftermarket engine or anything like that in that to to have it stay cool that long, or was it just a stock engine that you took care of? No, it's stock four six. I have a Crown Vic motor that came in it had one hundred nineteen thousand miles. You know, well kept car. It was a. It's definitely a pain. The Tuesday before the Derby, I lost drive in the transmission. Oh no! So we kind of had to uh, grind on it the next three days or so to get it ready. What did but you do to get that just, thing put back together? I had a lot of help from a some really good friends of mine. Yeah. West Money Break with. Was it was it something internal on the transmission? Are you not allowed to say? Interesting. Um, it looks like we may have lost. Looks like we may, we got you still. I heard a pop in the phone. Thought perhaps we was we uh, we still had Brendan there. So we'll. Uh, Brendan, you still there? I got nothing on you. Yeah. You there? Okay. Um. What happened inside the transmission where you lost drive? See, we don't really know what exactly happened. So Wes just wa- <laughs> Wes just waved the magic wand over and it healed. No, it was uh, we pulled it. You know, we didn't really know. We don't know much about the stock gotcha. transmissions that come in them. So Jeff pulled a tranny out for me, and we got switched as quick as it, as possible. Gotcha. And just try to do our thing. It all worked out. They say the hardest cars are your biggest winners. Right. <laughs> Is there anything left of this? Is it going to run again? Yeah, actually, we're pulling the front end down right now for Connorsville next weekend. Gotcha. So that's the um, uh, uh-oh. Alex Alex was excited to go and uh, tape there, but isn't going to be able to make the wasn't able to make it go at courthouse. That's unfortunate. So you're looking at going to the Connorsville, Indiana show. Is this is this tied at all to chasing points, or is it just a matter of being able to get some derbies in at this point? You know, it's, it's been a crazy year. <clears throat> We're trying to derby where we can, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm not chasing points. You know, I'm more or less there for the ride and you know doing what I enjoy. How tough has it been for you to find places to run? I mean, there's been a handful of events that have happened in and around Ohio, but you guys have been facing all sorts of uh, uphill battles in terms of grandstand events at county fairs due to the state-subsidized entities and things like that. So there were certainly some uphill challenges in Ohio, just like what we saw in New York. So uh, compared to what you had planned to do, how many derbies did you actually get in this year? So normally we just run our county fairs and, you know, whatever pops up, just depending on the cars we got left. But we got pretty lucky with Indiana being pretty open and 
Portland seemed they always have this have a show every other weekend. It seemed like right. So we always seemed to venture up to Indiana to hit our shows. But we had one show at Preble County this year, real early in the season. Mm-hmm. And me and you know some some of my good friends went up there, and I ended up getting lucky that night and pulled off the win there. But it. I mean, it's definitely been different, and it sucks not to have a fair nothing, right? Because that's that's more or less pride around here. <laughs> I I understand that. Uh, we've seen some absolute dogfights over over a five hundred dollar payday and a two foot trophy. You know, just because it was the hometown fair, and that's where the bragging rights come from. So, I can appreciate what your uh, what your thinking is on on that front. Now, with um, with the assumption that next year is going to be back to normal and all your county fairs are going to be open again are you still going to be willing to make that trip into indiana because of the impression that some of those guys have left you or are you going to focus refocus back on the old schedule if you will honestly yeah i mean i'm not going to say no but yeah indiana's been great you know all the promoters have been real fair couldn't have asked for you know a better group of guys to run all them fairs props all them for you know keeping it fair and you know just putting on the best show they can so I'll, I'll probably end up going back over just just to you know support them are we going to be seeing you at any of the the big ticket events that happen in that part of the country you know you've, you've got plenty of experience on the big stage with the the success at bash for cash now we're going to see you in a full size yeah it's always on my mind you know mm-hmm. going motor swap or you know going to step up you know i'm having fun with what i'm doing now and you know, if the situation arises and i get a chance to put a motor swap car together go to a big ticket show and try my luck and that's never you know out of the window or nothing sure interesting um so help me out with something here because i i missed it your dad had gotten out of Derby for 12 years, so that takes us back well before you were running at uh, Bash for Cash. Did you get him back into the sport as a whole? Yeah. Uh, yeah, time came around where I was tall enough to reach pedals on something, and we got into mowers, and lawnmowers was a big thing for us for yeah, three or four years. And I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah. We decided to build a youth car and, you know, found a limo like five minutes from the house. Dad being as picky as he is, did a bunch of research and, you know, 14, 15 year old me went out and scared him half to death. <laughs> and and from there it was off to the races. So once you got to the point where you could drive on your own, did he get into the compacts too? Or did... Did did he get back into the full size stuff and you were still under the compacts running by yourself? No, we we ran the bash and you know we uh, after the year I had won I think it was sixteen mm-hmm. he took the Lumina to I think it was Lebanon and okay. we went out against a bunch of AMCs and then he ended up driving and I was riding passenger which I would never wish that on anybody <laughs> but. He ended up getting second with it, which was pretty cool. Right. And then after that, we just started, you know, buying Vicks here and there and ended up going to street stock. And 
dad quit in 05 after wow. Connersville Rumble at the Rock. Uh-huh. He, had, he had won that show, and you know, my sister was born at the time, and he just decided it's time to go. And once, you know, as I said, once I was old enough to reach the pedals or do stuff on my own, it was, it was game on because it's been in my blood. Can't deny it. <laughs> Have you ever thought about any other types of motorsports, or has it always been always been some sort of combative motorsports like this? Yeah, no, not really. I, yeah, you know, I never really was into racing. Never, not just I don't know, just the whole destruction part, the kid in me. Sure, I yeah. loved it. You know, it's what I grew up around. Baby pictures of me in diapers and derby cars. That's cool. And, and now here you are. You got your dad back into it. You guys are building together and going around and running together. And is he going to have a car at Connorsville as well, or just you? Well, it's, Dad actually, uh, he's had some health issues the last couple of years, so he's gotten back out of it. Mm. It's just kind of been me and some good friends and, you know, people I call my family, basically. Gotcha. Going around and hitting each show. Well, uh, we, we wish your dad well. Um, I had the chance to meet him when you guys were running the, the RC event that year that you guys won and uh, enjoyed that conversation with you guys. Um, and I certainly do wish you the best in, in Connorsville over there on the 10th. Again, that's going to be Ralph's promotion spring show in Connorsville, Indiana. You're going to go see the, the, the car one more time and pull it down get it all fixed up and, and see if you can pull down another victory. It certainly would be cool. Yeah, definitely round out a great year for sure. Anybody that you want to make mention of? I know you, you alluded to the to the group of guys, the group of friends that you guys travel around with. Anybody else you want to make mention of? Yeah, I just I want to thank you know Mark Elliott for everything he's done. He's been a uh, real big part of my life for a long time. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, you know, my dad, you know, ran around together as kids and basically brothers, and everything he's doing with the Unified Point Series, I I can't thank him enough for being the man he is well uh, uh that all sounds good My, mark listens to the show so i'm sure he's he heard that if uh if he didn't he's going to go back and check it out because he was pretty excited that you were going to be on the air tonight so i uh i appreciate you making some time for us and coming on i know you got some work to do get that car together for this coming saturday uh travel safe and we wish you the best of luck man i hope to hear about another win next weekend yeah i appreciate it thank you you bet we'll talk to you soon Brendan Wisman coming away with the win out there at Courthouse Crash. So to give you a recap, this is what Mark had sent in. There's three shows left, uh, as we as we talked about. Don Santel, six points out after his seventh win. And and if you could believe that, seven wins is not enough to get the points lead. John Shipley has nine wins so far. Jeremy Riley at this point is out of the hunt for first place. Let's pop this back up here so you can see it. This is up-to-date points right here live as it happens. There's your up-to-date points right there. Jeremy Riley mathematically eliminated from the, the the chance at winning first place. So it's now, excuse me, it's now down to a two-horse race. Um, at this point, uh, he's going to need basically need Santel to score zero points the rest of the way in order to even have a hope at getting second. Fourth through seventh have an opportunity to take third away. So there is some shuffling yet to be done back there. Uh, Matt Wingrove, he's out for second place, but he's 12 points out of third with, with three shows remaining. Um, looks like Bluegrass Bash may have been taken off the schedule there 
based on that message that we got uh, recently. Got second in Portland, Indiana. Uh, oh, this was about Brandon. I forgot to ask him about this. Second in Portland, Indiana, losing two front teeth early in the race and kept going. Took second place out of that one. Um, and uh, what a what a run it has been so far, uh, thus far, for everybody involved with that unified point series. Um, <laughs> Scott Brown. Scott Brown misses the fantasy league. We had enough stuff going on in the fall. We were not even close to uh, to being able to make that happen the way that we wanted to. Um, I had forgotten about it. I had a couple other people ask about it as well, uh, but we were not going to be able to get that up off the ground uh, the way that we had planned. So we skipped it this year. That's not to say that it's never going to happen again. We've taken years off before and come back. It, uh, we're just going to wait for it to to make its grand return, and we'll uh, we'll see you again hopefully next year. Uh, a couple other. Housekeeping items here as we, we, we work down through the end of episode number 326. Let's go ahead and pop that camera on, and we'll, we'll go here. Uh, Monster Mash featuring the Dominate in the Dirt Point Series in Cherokee did not disappoint. 125 entries, if you can believe that. What a turnout. There wasn't anything uh, in terms of slack or slow-paced features out there. The Cherokee County Fair Board gave uh, Domination Motorsports and Candace Joe the opportunity to have two derbies this year, and they were two excellent ones uh, front to back. It was a little chilly through the course of the weekend, but they got the thing in, and now the season moves on to the Pumpkin Smash at the Onawa Dragway in Onawa, Iowa, on October the 17th for what I believe is the last event of their schedule. Uh, lawnmowers. Uh, Cash Deeds won that one. The Mod Grudge match was Team Bush Light, Craig Birkenposs and Mike Worth running together in that front-wheel drive hobo class. Gavin Sargent winning in that one. Weld Compacts, it was Booger coming away with the win there. Eric Johnson won the front-wheel drive hobo round number two. Kevin Ullman won the minivan derby. Full-size hobo was a tie with Ben Lockwood and Deanna Lamners. Uh, Deanna Lammers there. Street Stock Weld class. Josh Turner won the Dominator Awards. Hobos 1 and 2 went to Terry Pruce and Sonny Worth. Weld Compacts went to Booger uh, with a win, by the way. Just remember that. Mad Dog and Bo- uh, and the victory. Montana Els uh, winning the Dominator Award in the minivans. Full-size Hobo was Ben Lockwood again. First place. Uh, tie for first place. And Mad Dog Award. Jared Ullman in the Street Stock side of things. Uh, taking the Dominator Award there. Quick note, uh, Robbie Gustin finishes the season as the champion. <laughs> Marcella Benjamin, how many wins do you need to get on live? Uh, you just tell me when you want to be on. That's all. Send me a message and we'll get you on there. I know you got wins. Um, I don't know how many you got this year, but Marcella, by all means. The door is open anytime you want to make the trip up. We got space for you. Robbie Gustin, uh, Won the Domination Points Championship this year. Uh, didn't even look like he was going to have a point season when things got up and running and turned it around, and now he's celebrating with his new bride, and everything is great for Robbie Gustin taking that points championship home. A couple other victories around the United States. Sam Williams came away with a win in Chamberlain. Dylan Rohrbach was second in that one, and Dana Brellinger, uh, Brellinger two years out of the car, came away to pick up the win in St. Genevieve, Missouri, over the weekend as well. Congratulations to uh sam finally got everything to work right in the car and it was a well-earned battle uh coming with when there dana brellinger back in the car after two years that was exciting to see uh, monster mash again is the penultimate event for domination pumpkin smash at the onawa dragway october the 17th for them and then our last big winner of the weekend jacob prusman jacob prusman and his lovely wife welcoming Marin joe into the world on october the first seven pounds eight ounces and it looks like everybody is doing well according to Facebook. Congratulations out to the Prusmans. 
on extending their family. We appreciate it. Marcella says, sounds good. So it looks like we don't have to worry about booking the second half of the show. Uh, we don't have to worry about booking the first half of the show next week. I'm going to hold you to that. There's Will Steinbeck checking in here at The Wire. We are just about done and out of here. Uh, episode number 326. It was a good one. We appreciate everybody who tuned in to be part of it. Brian, again, he couldn't be here. I know we wanted to be. Uh, I got ordered to work. So we will uh, we'll be catching up with him here uh, later in the week. Uh, and then coming up on Saturday, I'm doing the play-by-play for the um, Hometown Havoc event with the Realistic Derby Project. Looking forward to getting that one in the books as well. Again, if you got any news, notes, or anything that you want on the show, shoot me a, shoot me a message. We'll get it on there for you uh, as best we can. Look forward to catching up with everybody here in the, uh, the coming days as we get more stuff put together as we put, get ready for episode number 327 right back here again next week. We're looking forward to seeing you there. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Crash Course. That's going to do it. We'll see you. Crash Course Live is presented by Smash It Demolition Derby, who hosts Bash for Cash, Blizzard Bash, and Capital City Carnage. Online at SmashItDerby.com. And Stirring Dirt Racing, host of May Mania's team show at the Golden Spike Arena in Ogden, Utah. Online at StirringDirtRacing.com. Reckless Abandoned Derby Apparel and Derby Inc. Magazine. This is the Crash Course Demolition Derby Podcast, recorded live at the FigureLakes1.com studios in downtown Seneca Falls, New York. 